Welcome to this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Katie Mulligan, Editor-in-Chief of ACG's magazine, Middle Market Growth. I'm joined today by Doug Song, Vice President and General Manager of Duo Security, the company he co-founded, which was acquired by Cisco last year. We're speaking at the Great Lakes ACG Capital Connection in Detroit, where Doug just wrapped up an onstage interview. Doug, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Of course. So for someone who's not familiar with Duo, can you describe the business and what you set out to do when you founded it? Yeah, we, we started Duo to make security easy for every organization to achieve. Um, the shift we saw happening in the market that was uh, particularly troubling to us was attackers going after people, not mm-hmm. just systems, not just applications, not just networks. And um, these days, you know, we, we see it, you know, it's filling our inboxes as spam, it's targeting our computers as malware, um, or it's infecting uh, us via, via the websites we visit. Mm-hmm. And so um, we realized that we had, you know, security would take a different form in the future, but no one was really addressing it well um, because that kind of security inter- exists at the intersection of people and technology. And so we had to really design security for people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why we started Duo because we thought there was a big gap in the market. And, uh, and again, that, that many, many more organizations uh, could be protected than mm-hmm. what the current market, what the previous market in security was really addressing. Mm-hmm. And you founded the company in, in 2010 and mm-hmm. sold it to Cisco last year. But um, in the interim, Duo received several rounds of, of venture capital. And mm-hmm. you mentioned during your talk earlier that the company has always been really selective in terms of the firms that it partners with. So, you know, just curious, what were some of the things that you looked for as you were bringing on new investors? Uh, they had to come to Michigan. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it's funny, but that, that you know, <laughs> so, many, so many VCs, but that's, oh, you're the guys that you have to, you have to come to Michigan to meet. And I was like, yep. That's right. Like, we're not going to come to you because I got a business to run and we're doing just fine without your money. Mm-hmm. I mean, venture capital, I just, I mean, and again, I don't mean to insult any investors or anything, but it's going to truly like, I mean, venture capital is like a really tough business and tough business model. Like you got to convince a bunch of founders that your money is greener. Um, you know, money's money. But at the end of the day, what, what is differentiated, right, in terms of um, investors um, is the, the help and perspective they provide. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where every investor that did come to us in Michigan, whether it be, you know, Pete Agarwal from True Ventures or, you know, Kareem Ferris from Google Ventures, Matt Kohler from Benchmark, um, you know, basically on and on, you know, we, we they all had something very different to offer us in terms of uh, a different way of looking at kind of the, the world of and, and, and business, right? Um, we, we are an enterprise technology company mm-hmm. selling our software to companies, but we do so in a way that is very consumerized. You don't have to actually talk to a salesperson if you don't want to. You can sign up online, plug in a credit card, be up and running. And that motion is something that is much closer to what, you know, a bunch of companies that some of my investors have been part of in the past. You know, Matt Matt Kohler was first vice president of product at Facebook. Mm -hmm. He's later the general manager of LinkedIn. And um, turns out that kind of experience and perspective, um, was hugely helpful uh, to us in thinking about how to do this differently. And do you have a sense that Duo's success has prompted other venture capitalists to maybe look more closely at Michigan and, oh, and the yeah. companies sprouting up there? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, for a long time, I think, uh, frankly, Michigan was something of a best-kept secret mm-hmm. of folks like Vinod Kosla, Bill Gates, a number of folks that quietly came in and invested in 
some interesting, you know, advanced manufacturing, material science, you know, these kinds of companies. These days, you know, every investor that uh, uh, certainly that we've talked to was like, "Damn, you know, we we, we missed out on you guys." <laughs> you know, we uh, we're, we're looking now. Can you introduce us to any interesting companies in your area? And of course, we've got a whole list. And so, um, and so, yeah, we we are very very grateful uh, to have had the opportunity to help open up uh, and raise the profile, right, mm-hmm. of, of, of what the, you know, startup market looks like here for investors elsewhere. Because I, I think, you know, the money, there's, there's a market for capital, just like there's a money for market for, you know, companies or products. Um, and our, our market's not just local. We can, we can certainly work to bring um, more of either Silicon Valley, New York, or pretty much anywhere, right, to... Uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, right? As, as folks like Zingerman's do in a different way. Uh, Zingerman's is a Jewish deli in Ann Arbor. Okay. That's kind of a force of nature, but they literally bring the world to our doorstep. Um, get a shout out for those guys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you sold Duo to Cisco last year for more than $2.3 billion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that you've written a lot about, about culture and um, that Duo has kind of a unique approach to hiring, um, which you've written about on, on their blog. Mm-hmm. What were your concerns as Cisco approached you, you know, just knowing how important culture is to you and, and given what you've built at Duo? Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my, to be frank, my, my conception of Cisco was dated, right? When they mm-hmm. first approached me, I was like, no, like no way. Did more of what I said. <laughs> uh, but mostly because, you know, I, 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 I you know, had not, we, well, we, we were on our own track, right? We were preparing to IPO. We, we had always intended to continue to build um, you know, the world's greatest security company and so forth. Um, didn't necessarily think we needed their help or anyone else's. But um, what I saw, I came to learn quickly, was that there was a company in major transformation. Mm-hmm. And along the way, a lot of what their future looked like is what basically we have been building over the last, you know, 10 years almost. And so, again, with a larger goal of not just transforming, um, you know, kind of our, our business, but really transforming the industry, we saw Cisco as a major opportunity, right, to leverage a platform that is, you know, literally multiple magnitudes larger than us. You know, we have about 17,000 customers. Cisco has 880,000. Um, that's a lot of people to help mm-hmm. quickly uh, with with their help. And so uh, so that was really the consideration we had as we looked at all this. And then truly the transformation of Cisco's not just business, but their culture, Right by their uh, CEO Chuck over the last uh, three years has been a remarkable thing and and very closely aligned to our culture. You know, Chuck has this people deal he's rolled out where he talks about Cisco exists to connect everyone, to innovate everywhere, and to benefit everybody. And um, you know, for a company that's was started right to protect others from harm, right to uh, to make security easy and effective for all. Um, very, very closely aligned in our mission and our values and ultimately our, our shared vision, right, of what security can and should be uh, moving forward. So that, that was something that I was, to be honest, very, very surprised by. Um, I did not think that uh, there were any other organizations um, out there that were as uh, dedicated and as committed to uh, culture and particularly ethical uh, business as, as, as we were. Um, I think Cisco has clearly proven me wrong. Another thing that you said on stage today was that 
I think that your quote was the things you do when you're small get amplified in hyper growth. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what are some of the things that Duo did when it was smaller that, you know, paid off as it grew into a larger organization? So we are a culture of learning is the best way to put it, right? Um, Because we're not better resourced. We weren't smarter. We didn't work any harder than any of our competitors, right? Um, Maybe we were better looking. I don't know. But at the end of the day, like what our strategic advantage was long term was the fact that we would be able to arrive at answers and new approaches, right, to marketing, to sales, mm-hmm. as much as our technology or products that were highly differentiated and truly innovative, right, for our customers uh, in ways that our, our competitors could never achieve. But again, to achieve that, we, we have to we have to build a velocity of learning. And so um, we only have three corporate values, which is to engineer the business, to learn together, and to be kind of the necessary. And that basic model of how we treated each other and how we treated our customers is something that has actually scaled really, really well. Hmm. And uh, as it turns out, scales even to the size of businesses like Cisco, where again, if you, if you always put the customer first, right, our, our decisions are guided only by three considerations. Is it the right thing for the customer? Is it the right thing for the company? Is it the right thing for our community? Turns out that alignment produces a tremendous degree of success in the right way, where, you know, as I mentioned before, like the, you know Bill Walsh, the former coach of the 49ers, has this book even that says you know says the score will take care of itself and i believe that to be true if you you behave well do the right things and treat others correctly um the universe won't let you starve and so you know that approach to how we've done business over many many years um, has continued to pay dividends and uh, turns out compounds Hmm. because for business that even today the majority of our customers come inbound to us hmm. and in many cases because they've seen or heard about us from another very satisfied customer you know word of mouth you know it's, it's a funny thing to say is a really scalable business or marketing strategy but it's the best one mm-hmm. right because you don't pay for it you know and uh it, it you know it is multiplicative exponential even um and also it's the right way to do it at the end of the day right mm-hmm. And I read that part of Duo's strategy has been to hire from outside of the security industry. Mm-hmm. If you can speak to that and, and what types of skills or attributes you look for when you're building a team. Yeah. So what we were not optimizing for were folks who have uh, lived in security for, uh, you know, 20 years or whatever. Because um, I've already done that, right? I know what that looks like. I know what uh, comes with that. And, um, and frankly, there's a lot of that that's pretty stale, in security, there's a lot of cargo cult thinking. You know, people do things without knowing why they're effective, and sometimes people are successful without any sort of uh, real ROI, right, for it. So, for instance, a customer will buy a product, the vendor will say, "See, you know, things happening. You're you're more secure." And of course, the customers left wondering, "Well, I nothing was happening before I bought your product, right? Did I really get anything out of this?" In order to sort of shift that thinking to produce positive business outcomes for our customers that they're looking to achieve by taking risks in their business, the kind of risks that we have to protect them from. We have to partner well to understand what they're trying to do, what they're capable right, of, of, um, of taking on as any sort of new workflow or burden because security gets in the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, is, it is a set of controls very often that you know, if they're not designed for people well, they're very frustrating. Right, and in fact, they'll they'll inhibit your success and your growth in your business. Um, that's why so many companies choose to take the risks sometimes that are outsized. 
um, in cybersecurity. But for us, you know, um, being really thoughtful about um, finding folks that were willing to learn, that were had something, to, were deeply empathetic. Um, I, th- I think there's, there's kind of two things that describe every person at Duo, because you know there are other things that we look for, but two things describe every person we hire. One is that they have a degree of self-awareness, right? That they understand what they're capable of, uh, what they're challenged by. And and, because without that, you know, you you can't be coached. You can't really receive feedback. You can't really grow. And that's, you know, we've all worked people who are like that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) think they already have everything figured out and are unwilling to hear otherwise. We, We want folks with a growth mindset, but to really be successful growing and developing personally, you, you have to be um, self-aware. So that's, mm-hmm. and we, we test with this, right, and how we interview and evaluate folks, like, um, what's the biggest misconception about you, right? Or, huh. you know, and, and and just try to understand, could, could people step outside of themselves to think about kind of what their failure modes were or, you know, how they really are effective? The second is that we hire people who are fast learners. It was mm-hmm. never about how much you did or what your experience was, um, you know, sometimes there'd be a, a strong component of that for certain roles, but not so much for others. But what's true of everybody is we're looking for folks who could travel the distance. And, you know, we'd often look at that. Actually, one of our best early sales hires started as our office manager, who just took some of our early inbound calls and said, hey, it's it's Facebook, or hey, it's Twitter, or hey, it's Rackspace. Can I can I take this? And I, should, I, should, I, should I try? And I was like, yeah, go, do it, Zoe. You got this. And she'd be like... She would kill it. She did great. Wow. And then she went from doing that and being one of our, our best performing inside salespeople to, you know, us asking her to clone herself. She said, like, can you be a sales recruiter and find a lot more people like oh. you, right? So she did that and, you know, hired a bunch of great people. And then she's now in field marketing where she's um, kind of winning at life. I mean, she's a superstar DJ, has a club night down the street from our office but also DJs, our parties in Vegas, or like our various customer events. And so we have a lot of folks like that that have been through multiple careers at Duo. Because, you know, for us, a business like us that's in hypergrowth, it's not just kind of a, a traditional corporate ladder climbing. Like I'm an engineer, then I'm a senior engineer, then I'm an engineering manager, then I'm a director, whatever. You know, I mean, we have plenty of that. You know, there's kind of linear paths, but just as much, there's not just ladder climbing, but rock climbing. Mm-hmm. You kind of go sideways, exercise different muscles, learn lots of neat tricks. And that's what rounds those people out for maybe a different kind of career, mm-hmm. right, that is much broader. And so, um, you know, we, we've been really thoughtful about how we do hire. And one thing that in the large has been probably most important to our success, that I would argue that every company needs to think about these days, is hire not just for competence, but also for character mm-hmm. and not to trade those off. You know, we see a lot of other organizations that say, oh, this is a person, they're really, they're really great, but, you know, he's kind of a jerk, but, you know, he's great at what he does. And, like, it's never worth it. Huh. Like, we've all seen that. We've all been part of organizations that have seen that fail. Um, you know, we, we hire for character and competence, and we demand both. We don't compromise. 
I want to end by asking about the information security industry more broadly. Mm. Um, you know, we hear about cybersecurity all the time, given all of the high profile hacks, um, probably even more so than in 2010 when mm-hmm. Duel was founded. Um, I wonder if you've seen the industry evolve, though. You know, you, you form to, to meet a need and to reach more customers in a more accessible way. Have you seen the industry kind of follow that or is Duo still somewhat an outlier in that model? No, no. We're at the forefront of all this. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I mean, you know, it's funny. We're, we're very Midwestern in certain ways. We don't really like to talk about ourselves. <laughs> we like to talk, <laughs> we'd much rather talk about the world or our customers or the problems they face. But, you know, what is changing? Like business is changing with globalization, all that kind of thing. But what is also changing is technology and the impact it has on these businesses. Um, you know, whether you're a, a giant global multinational or your corner coffee shop, you now have an IT security problem because you now have a base of technology that requires some sort of strategy, right, uh, mm-hmm. to, to deal with uh, how, you, how you abate all that risk. And so, um, so we work really, really hard to help reshape the way that people would think about security, but then also operate it, that the traditional ways in which people would do this stuff, you know, half of our customers, you know, don't have security in their title. They're not mm-hmm. a chief security officer or whatever else. They might be the IT person, right? They might be the networking person. But they have to deal. They they own security for their their organization, and it's gotten much more complicated due to mobility, uh, due to cloud, due to what's called IoT or the Internet of Things. Right, more and more devices in your network in your environment that you don't or can't trust, and so um, we've had to take a very different approach to how we enable organizations to be successful dealing with those new risks, but often without with with fewer and fewer resources to do it. Right, and so. Um, so that's one thing I, you know we, we've been very very proud to do that we afford our customers the ability to have great impact when it comes to securing the organizations, um, doing a lot with very little, and that's uh, that's something that I think every organization, no matter big or small you are, uh, needs to be able to accomplish these days. Well, Doug, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed hearing from Doug Song, consider attending ACG's upcoming Strategic Acquirer Summit in Dallas at the beginning of November. The program is designed for corporate development professionals and will feature insight from leaders from Microsoft, Twitter, Johnson & Johnson, Mark Cuban Companies, and many others. For more information, follow the link in the description of this episode or visit acg.org. Also, be sure to come back in two weeks for the next episode of our podcast. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Google Play so you never miss an interview.